This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So very happy to have you all here today. Today is a solo episode with yours truly, and I'm going to be answering some really common questions I get. These questions that I've got today are ones that uh, people have replied to on my Instagram stories when I put a question box up, and also some questions that some clients have asked me in my private Facebook group. And I thought, what a great way to answer them, but through a podcast episode, because a lot of these questions I am asked honestly, on a daily basis. And it just goes to show like how much misinformation is out there. I suppose I'm in a little bit of a bubble where this subject is what I know, like it's what I study, it's what I love. And so I've got a really great understanding of what I feel are the basics, but I forget that people, you know, don't actually study exercise, nutrition. And so they're just getting fed either what the media is telling them, what their friends are telling them. And majority of that information is absolute bull crap. So I'm here to bust some myths and answer some questions today. So let's get stuck into it. So the first question, why do we only want RPE8, which is RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion, on compound movements? I've been trying to challenge myself and I think I'm going too heavy. RPE of 9 to 10. So the RPE scale is basically a reference you can use to know how hard you're pushing in a working set. So an RPE 8 would look like, say, you've got three sets of 10 squats. By the time you hit that 10th squat in your set, you want to think, Oh, I probably can push out maybe two more reps, right? So you've got two more reps in the tank. When we get up to RPE 9 or 10, then we're looking at failure. So we're thinking RPE 9, I could probably squeeze out one rep. RPE 10, you have nothing left in you. So you've got no more reps in you to perform. So you basically train to failure. So it's easy to really fall into the trap of thinking, oh, you know, we're building all this muscle or we're performing really well. And then we plateau and you think, well, more's going to be better. So you kick up the intensity and you max out. So you want to be pushing as hard as you possibly can for each set. Um, but that is going to end up leaving you burnt out. And when you're burnt out, then you're not able to perform. And so you're not going to see any results. So the issue with this really lies with your nervous system. So you get something called central fatigue. So simply put, we lose the capacity to perform at the same intensity on subsequent sets. So your three sets of 10 squats becomes a set of 10, then eight, then six, because you aren't able to maintain the amount of weight that you are lifting for those 10 reps for your subsequent 
two remaining sets because you're completely fatigued. Also, when you're training to failure, you are increasing your cortisol levels and suppressing your growth factor, such as IGF-1, which is pivotal in muscle growth. And you're basically overtraining. And so this is where there's that balancing act between doing enough, but then doing too much and how that can be detrimental to actually having a positive outcome. You're also going to really increase the likelihood of injury, which you really don't want. Okay, question two. Why don't I feel that sore after my workouts? Am I working hard enough? Very common question. And one of the biggest myths I think people believe. So research shows us that when you feel sore after a workout, generally this is because there's some inflammation in your body um, and some potential buildup of lactic acid. But other than that, that's kind of it. So any kind of exercise or routine that you do outside of your normal training. So whatever you do that you're not used to doing, for example, if I was to go and play tennis tomorrow, I haven't played tennis in years, I would probably feel sore purely because I haven't done that activity in quite some time. Now, if soreness was an indication that a workout is effective, then that would be fantastic, but it absolutely isn't. For example, right, if I was left so sore after that game of tennis, then would that not equate to me having a more effective workout or even possibly building more muscle? Ha, I wish. No, the best way to judge whether a workout is effective is your progress. So are you progressing? Do you have a plan in place? Are you implementing progressive overload? That is what is going to give you the best results. And that is how you can judge whether a workout was effective or not. All right, moving on to the next question. So this question has come in from one of my clients and she's asked, in one of your check-ins, you suggested I should try and gain some muscle. Do I need to be eating in a calorie surplus to gain muscle? If so, how much of a surplus? Fantastic question. So you don't actually need to be eating in a calorie surplus to gain muscle. Research does show us that you can eat maintenance calories and still gain muscle. It may just be a little bit slower than if you were eating in a slight surplus. So in order for us to build muscle, it takes a lot of energy. So our body needs additional calories in order to build additional muscle. Um, now, when I say eating in a calorie surplus, really, you only need to be eating in a slight calorie surplus. So think about, you know, possibly adding like 200 calories in addition to your maintenance calories. But once again, you can eat at your maintenance calories and build muscle. It just might be a little bit slower than if you were eating in a slight surplus. And next question, will I gain weight as I gain muscle? How can I tell if I am gaining muscle weight and not just fat weight? Alrighty, so yeah, this is difficult because when you do start to gain muscle, the scale can go up. And psychologically, I think sometimes we can actually visually think we are seeing more fat on our body when we see the scale go up, which is kind of crazy, really, how our mind plays tricks on us like that. So I guess the most accurate way to really tell if you're gaining muscle would be through something like a DEXA scan, but you know, that's not available to everybody, but there are other ways to be able to tell. So one would be your waist measurements. Really, when you're gaining muscle, you may find that some body parts are getting bigger, quote unquote, as in when it comes to measuring things because you're building muscle, but your waist measurements shouldn't really be going up. So that's a good indication. The second thing I always get my girls to do is to take progress pictures because progress pictures like are just incredible when it comes to looking at how your body composition changes over time. 
You can really see when someone is gaining muscle and dropping body fat because their whole body changes. It's a really good way to see the changes in body composition, um, especially when we're building muscle and so we're not seeing any change on the scale. That can be really disheartening. But I try to drill into my girls and to all of you guys out there to take other ways of measuring your results that aren't just the scale because the scale does lie and doesn't always paint a really clear picture of the whole situation. So I guess I'd be looking at measurements, I'd be looking at progress pictures and also the way that your clothes fit, but also just how you feel. Like when you gain muscle, you'll find you feel stronger, your posture will improve and you'll just have more energy and feel better overall. So they are all really good indications as to whether you're dropping fat and gaining muscle. Next question, should I eat more calories on more active days? So there is no rule about this. It just comes down to personal preference. Really what you want to do is average out your calories probably over a week period, right? So some people like to, on the days that they train, really consume a lot of calories. Some people like to keep their calories pretty even. So they hit the same amount of calories each day. Some people like to eat less on days that when they're going to be not doing a whole heap or they don't feel hungry and then they'll, you know, make up for those calories in the day that they are training or feel more hungry. Really, you can work around whatever suits you and your lifestyle best. There is no added benefit in particular to eating more on active days, although I guess if it does impact your performance. So if you find if you're able to get more food into you prior or even post-workout for recovery, then, you know, that can be definitely a reason why you would want to eat more on active days. But there's no like hard and fast rule about it. It really just comes down to you and to your lifestyle. Next question. So is there any point in eating more than 30 grams of protein in one sitting? I heard the body does not absorb more than 30 grams at one meal. Ah, this is such a myth. No, that is actually incorrect. So you probably have heard of this, that 30 grams of protein in one sitting is the maximum your body can digest at once. So this was kind of something termed as a protein intake ceiling, right? So the maximum amount you can eat that your body's going to be able to digest at once which has been proven incorrect. Um, So what we now know is it's not really that simple, but when you eat protein, your body doesn't use it directly. It kind of, instead, it breaks it up down into amino acids and uses those to make its own protein. So when you eat more protein than your body, quote unquote, needs, your body can then use it to replace more of its damaged proteins or oxidized proteins, So protein synthesis can start happening. But if I've completely lost you, really all that you need to know is that the idea that eating more than 30 grams of protein will result in you not being able to digest any of that protein is incorrect. So your body will use that protein now or use it later in all different types of ways. So that is a complete myth. Don't worry about if you consume over 30 grams of protein, go for it. Eat 40, eat 50, go to town on it. All right, next question. My progress with lifting heavy over time seems to be quite slow. What's a realistic expectation for lifting heavy weights versus time? All right, great question. So when we become more advanced in our lifting and we're lifting heavier weights, it's going to be harder for us to progress, right? Otherwise, you'd have people that would be lifting like a thousand kilos or they'd be deadlifting like 2000 kilos because they've just been able to consistently add on weight each week for how many years they've been training. 
So as we progress, things do get a little bit harder and we need to kind of think outside the box. So sometimes it's not always about lifting heavier, right? Obviously, that's a fantastic goal to have, but there are other ways to kind of get the body to change and to get stronger. And that can look like changing up the tempo of our exercise, the sets, the reps, what our focus is, are we going to shift from focusing on muscle growth and let's try a training plan that really focuses on strength. There isn't a hard and fast rule once again when it comes to how quickly you should be progressing. I suppose some things to think about is if you're really stuck and you're not progressing, there are a few things you can look at. So you need to look at your recovery. So how well are you recovering from the amount of work that you're doing? Are you sleeping well? Are you maybe training too much? Is your volume too high? Um, Have you got lots of stress going on in your life? The other thing to look at is your diet, your nutrition. Are you eating enough? Are you eating enough carbohydrates? Are you eating enough protein? Diet plays a really important role, obviously, in fat loss and in muscle growth and in getting stronger, but it also is really pivotal to our recovery as well. But if all of that is looking okay, I would just remind yourself that it takes time. My goodness, it takes so much time. It's like any skill. You just need to practice it and practice it and practice it. And over time, you will get stronger. You will be able to add to your lifts, but it doesn't happen overnight, especially when we move away from that beginner stage. We head into intermediate or advanced. It's just going to take a lot longer. All right. Now, one sneaky last question, and that is what advice would you give to someone if they were starting their fitness journey? So the very first thing I would recommend would be just to start and to start in any kind of capacity. Usually what stops people from just starting is the fear of failing, but also feeling like they need to do things perfectly. So some people will just jump in and go, right, I'm going to change my whole diet. I'm going to do this, you know, five to six day workout plan. I'm going to smash it. And they go well for like two weeks and then they burn out and they can't sustain it. So setting yourself really small little goals and creating really little habits that you can build upon week to week. And at some point you look back and those little habits will create really big lifestyle changes. My second piece of advice would be to actually seek out some help. So if you've never lifted weights before, I would suggest hiring an in-person personal trainer that can teach you proper form. I think people do want to skip that. They want to go straight into just doing a workout and not worrying about whether their form's correct. But what will happen is at some point you will be sore, you will injure yourself and you'll need to go back to square one anyway. So set a really solid foundation for yourself. Learn the basics because that's going to set you up for success in the future. All right, guys, that is it. I really enjoyed today's episode. I love answering these questions and really educating you guys and busting those myths. Um, So thank you for everyone that sent in those questions to me. They were incredible. I do need to run now. I need to pick up Sunny from childcare before, you know, the mayhem, which is dinner, bed, bath time all goes down. I hope you guys have an incredible rest of the day and I will be back in your ears very soon. Big love, Coach Dash.